Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. As the first autonomous public-funded university in Singapore, SMU has been constantly reinventing both its pedagogy and curriculum to keep up with the times and to remain relevant in a knowledge-based economy. The university is aiming to become an Asian knowledge hub for business and management and one of the areas in which SMU is making global impact and has projected thought leadership is its work on big data analytics on social trends. This is an area where much multidisciplinary research has been carried out by SMU's School of Information Systems, involving the university's five other schools of accountancy, business, economics, law, and social sciences. Big data analytics is the process of analyzing and examining large volumes of data of a variety of types to uncover hidden patterns, unknown correlations, and other useful information. The findings from such analysis can help organizations better understand their consumers and markets, or help companies make better decisions and possibly gain competitive advantages. In this podcast, Professor Stephen Miller who is SMU's Vice Provost for Research and Dean of the School of Information Systems, shares his insights on the analytics area of excellence across SMU. Professor Miller, we notice that SMU has been getting a lot of attention lately for its work in the area of analytics. Could you tell us what's behind all this excitement? Yeah, we were really thrilled Uh, Several things that have happened both this year and last year in February, the Financial Times ran quite a large story about innovative ways of using data from consumers who are shopping in Singapore and to be doing analytics on that. And we were featured in there. I'll say more about that in a moment. And then when the Harvard Business Review did a webinar about the use of analytics in business context, and how that's driving innovation in Asia. Uh, We were one of four parties who were featured in that. Uh, Last year, the famous author, Tom Davenport, who years back wrote the re-engineering books and started a global craze, and as early as 2007, started writing books to senior management executives about winning with analytics and competing with analytics. He featured us in one of his blogs. So we've been delighted on that. So why is this happening? Why are we getting this attention? It has to do because of the projects that are going on here. All right, so all over the world, there's new ways to collect data, right? It isn't just so-called big data, a lot of data, but data's coming in forms that it never came from before. Uh, For example, obviously, when you go onto the web, it leaves digital traces. Uh, When you use your cell phone, in a manner of speaking, it leaves digital traces. When you buy things at stores, it leaves digital traces. So there's this sort of phenomena of everything we do. Some people use the term digital shadow, if you will, okay? Um, And There are some cases where you ask people directly, hey, would you like to participate and share your data? We can sort of give you feedback on your behavior and they opt in. 
There's some cases like if you're a customer of a bank or a telco or an e-commerce service, you agree per the terms of use that you know, you're able to use their service. That uh, gives them the right to do analysis of your data and they use it in their own sort of proprietary type way. But however it happens, there's this, as I say, digital footprint, digital traces, digital shadows of what we do. So that opens up a lot of possibilities. When you get down to the nub of it, what's happening is we're able to get very fine-grained, very detailed information down at the level of individuals and yet do this for large numbers of people. So if you think about it, for years and years and years, you've always been able to get data about millions of people or a whole population, but it tends to be very aggregate information. You've always been able to get data quite detailed about an individual, but maybe it's about one person or 10 or 100. It's a very small number of people. So all of a sudden, whether it's an individual firm as a result of their e-commerce channels, or it's a researcher working in a project where you're asking people to give their permission and they opt in, as the expression is, to allow their data to be observed, the notion that you can get this fine grain data in the form of digital traces and to get it for lots of people over time in complex field settings, it's changing what we can observe. Could you share with us what is the significance of analytics for business, consumer and social insight? For us, one of the uh, one way of looking at it is looking at what's happening right at the intersection of new areas of computing, computation, data collection, and social science and management, all right? And because of all of these digital devices out there and people spending more of their time through digital channels, whether they're home uh, doing their know, shopping or, or browsing on the web, or even when they're out and about in the physical world working, you know, walking with their uh, mobile device with them, they're leaving digital traces of what they've done, all right? And what's possible now is, you know, when people agree to it, that you can put together a picture of what people are really doing in the real world with their time, the kind of choices they're making, how they're interacting with people. And you can get detailed data about an individual's behavior, but you can do this in context, meaning in sort of complex interest world settings, and you could do it at scale meaning for thousands of people, for millions of people. So it isn't just the behavior of an individual, but it's the behavior of the individual and the interconnected network that they're part of, okay? So it really is like a new frontier for people who have been asking questions about the basics of human behavior, 
right? Something that, of course, has been studied for millennia. Of course, there's a lot of work on it. And now we're able to observe it and measure and analyze it with data. And then we have the computational power to look at that sort of volume of data. Now, this is just one aspect of what people are talking about this big data revolution. But it's a, a special focus on data about consumer behavior, social behavior. And of course, there are many ways in which consumer and social behavior interact with each other. So the ability to observe consumer and social behavior, get the information, get it at a level of detail, and get it at scale, both for many individuals and for interacting networks of individuals, and then to be able to sort of crunch this and make sense of it, wow, that's really being able to see things that people have never been able to see before. So how is SMU contributing to this new trend and this hype in analytics? SMU is contributing in a lot of ways, both through our R&D projects, through our education, through our outreach to industry. Let me take each of those. First, I'll talk about our R&D projects. We have the Living Analytics Research Center. This is our joint partnership with Carnegie Mellon. It's a five-year project funded by the National Research Foundation. We've been working on it since the early part of 2011. Our pioneer partners, the partners who came in at the very beginning, are Citibank and StarHub and the entertainment complexes of resort worlds. I mean the family amusement park type things, not the casino things. Uh, a small local firm called Buzz City that does mobile advertising. Later on, we had Live Labs come in. I'll explain that in a moment. Uh, so these are all cases where we're working with large data sets about consumer behavior. We're working under strict confidentiality and privacy controls. Uh, the data is what's called de-identified, so we don't see individual identities. We have to follow all the strict protections that the companies have to follow because you know we're working with them on that. So of course, um, we're, we're making sure that there's privacy protection and all those kind of proper protocols. People are volunteering, meaning they're giving their explicit consent, their permission, to opt in to an experiment where uh, information from their mobile phone can be tracked. Now, the people know this. And as a result of knowing sort of where people go and their communication interactions and who they're communicating with, it's then possible to help people. Let me give an example. Uh, I'm going to take something that's right on the confines of the SMU campus. So the campus is busy. It's sometimes hard to find a study space. Wouldn't it be nice if through this um, mobile phone type of data that uh, would be available through Live Labs, you could know which couches are available in which hallway of the fourth floor of the SIS building. That's 
not an official study room. You can't go to the official facilities system and go book that because it's a couch. But before you walk over there, you'd want to know if it was busy or not, right? So there are things like that. Or you want to know if your group mates are supposed to be with you and are they coming or are they going? Are they walking towards campus or away from campus? You know, are they, are they going to be there in a few minutes with your group? You know what I mean? So there, there are ways in which we're just at the early stages of setting up this test bed to get more detailed information on social interaction. And it's this idea of if you can contextualize the interaction, right, then you could really um, communicate with people in a way that's helpful to them, in a way that helps the individual consumer as well as sort of the business ecosystem uh, surrounding it. So we're doing the Living Analytics Research Center project. We're doing the Live Labs project. We're just opening up a whole new series of projects called Urban Management Analytics that aren't dealing with consumer things, but they deal with uh, traffic management, how people might share taxi rides, how we might better utilize some of our public resources to help patrol the city for safety and security, how we might deal with things like um, if you have delivery companies and they have package deliveries, how do we get it so we have a little bit less congestion right in the heart of the downtown business district, but yet we're able to get the deliveries to uh, people. Um, so this kind of work, urban management analytics. So between those three kinds of initiatives, um, we're quite busy. There are faculty involved from all five of the SIS research areas. And in addition, we have faculty from marketing, faculty from operations management, faculty from our sociology group who are increasingly getting involved in these projects. So we will get smarter, not necessarily that our brains will evolve beyond where they are, maybe a little bit of that. But I think this analytics work will be part of the collective intelligence that will let us as a civilization make it, you know, for those next few hundred years. Thank you, Professor Miller. Your views have been most enlightening. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>